When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Alan Davis. You're listening to the Tuesday Club. This is the Arsenal podcast, and I've got Keith Dover with me this morning. How are you, Keith? I'm very well, Alan, and I'm pleased to say I will not be joining the Mexican drug cartel that I was planning on Uh if things had gone badly. Apparently, though, I did give a very good interview. Miguel from HR said I, I I gave a lot of, you know, positive feedback that they like to listen to. You know, they ask me questions. How do I see myself in the structure? Uh, where will I be five years in the company? How will I get on with my uh, co-workers? And I said, I don't give a toss, really. And they went, you're in. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of bad things said about Mexican drug cartels, but they're good people. Yeah, on the was, inside. On the inside. <laughs> on the outside, they give a different image. But okay. I, was, I really thought this, this week, I thought if things go south, I'm joining a Mexican drug cartel. <laughs> but luckily, <laughs> things are on the up. <laughs> and Oliver Scott is with us. How are you, Oliver? <laughs> I'm okay, thank you. I'm absolutely I don't know fine. about you, Oliver, but I can see Keith as a mule initially and yeah. then working his way in. That's what yeah. they said that, yeah. It started, you know, mule level. Start at cavity level, <laughs> but now I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm well, I'm well though. Um, yeah, it's quite early. Well, it's not quite early in the morning, but it's, it's a very different scenario from, from the podcasts of old, where I'd meet Keith, have like two pints in Holloway Road, then we'd have drunk a bottle of Zinfandel while Silent Chris was saying on the microphones. It's, a, yeah, it's, it's a different morning, but like you said, like yes. in the Keith, the Dover or Harris, a cup of coffee and I'm sprightly. Yes, exactly that. <laughs> Exactly. Listener, we are recording this at uh, it's ten fifty-two on uh, Sunday morning. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo's had his first uh, cryo chamber session of the day, I imagine. And I learned this week. I'm working on a program uh, with an actress from Manchester, and she said Cristiano Ronaldo won't play a match without going in his cryo chamber. And that. Uh, this is my favourite line. Inflammation cannot exist at those temperatures. You go in it. It's, but, well, what it is, it's basically like a really cold fridge. Wow. And you, you go in there and uh, it sorts out all of your aches and pains. It's a freezing cold chamber of healing. I think um, Jamie Vardy's got one as well. I was reading an interview with him in the Has Times he? the other day. What's he's, he keeping he's, it? <laughs> he's got one at home. It's, I imagine he's just got, uh, I've got a cow hung up in there. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pack full of Red Bull and vodka. And <laughs> how long do you have to lay in this thing for? I, mean, hey? I don't know how long a cryo chamber session lasts. I imagine if you fell asleep in there, you'd die, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, is it like something we'll you have an MIR scan? Is, it where you, is your head sticking out? Yeah, you? your head sticks out. Your head oh, sticks yeah. out, yeah. Yeah, you can't. You don't want to get like one of those chest freezers in your garage. <laughs> you 
get in there yeah. close don't don't do a don't do a homemade cryo chamber <laughs> listeners um you know. I'm a bit I bet sore. in the, I Come bet in the on, lower division I bet there's some shady character knocking out fridge freezers you know, badly cut tops you know want to buy a cryo chamber want to buy a cryo yeah. I've got a Zanussi cryo chamber here. <laughs> all you do all you want to do cut a hole in the door stick your head through <laughs> Right, instant cry chamber. Cristiano Ronaldo's got one. And Vardy. And Vardy. Jamie Vardy keeps his vodka in it. <laughs> oh, I, I, you can bet your life all the Premier League footballers have got their own cryer chamber. No, apparently very few. Very few. Really? No. Yep. no, you can't bet your life that at all. You yeah. can bet your life that the only person who's got his own one is Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, but now they know they'll all be going out. They'll all be one. doing it. Yeah. So they'll, oh, that's the reason. Yeah. You know, like when a player's got the tattoo, suddenly every. Premier League football have got a tattoo. It'll cry chambers be the next, next Do you thing. think that's what they like? They're like? What we used to call at school, copiers. Yeah. You're a copier. <laughs> You're just a copier. You're just a copier. So well, one got a sleeve and then they all thought, I better get a sleeve. sleeve. Yeah. yeah. One's got a cryer chamber, they'll all have them. Because Lionel Lee, Messi ones. blacked out one of his legs, didn't he? And no one's done that. It looks <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Oh, uh, anyway, we're here. It's the morning after Arsenal's uh, triumph against uh, Norwich City. Um, and I, I watched match of the day and they said we had more shots in that game than we've had in any game in the last four years, which sadly doesn't say a lot for the football in the last four years. But <laughs> I think most of our shots missed the target or hit defenders. But at least we... At least we were on the move and trying to score a goal, second half especially. Mm. Keith and I attended the fixture. Um, the crowd, I think, was given us 60,000. Yeah. It, it was hard. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, really now this, this game has got to stop, OK? Let's just make this, the, let's make this the lasting change after the pandemic that Arsenal tell the truth about how many people are in the ground. If there's one thing I want to happen, and, and of the 30,000 people... Uh, 29,999 were not wearing masks or socially distancing. There were 778 people in the toilets. It's back to normal, is what I'm saying. <laughs> but you can't get a cider and you can't get a slice of pizza. So the catering has gone to shit. Yeah. I tell you what, I, because I got there, I'd been warned. They said, oh, you know, with the COVID thing, you've got to have a pass. And so I got there and I actually, before even the doors had opened, the turnstiles. So I was there two hours before kickoff. <laughs> Uh, and I got the two for one beer offer. I was thinking, right, well, if I've dragged oh, out I wonder why you were so chirpy. Yeah. <laughs> it does that. You had a couple of liveners. I had a couple of liveners, yes, I did. I You're I'm yelling just... at my kids. And then I was watching the Palace Spurs game, which was a hoot. We yeah. Was, we yeah. were all singing Vieira. But for Vieira. some bizarre reason... So this is our typical Arsenal football club. They're showing the game live. Happy days. Except every time Palace, or when Palace got their penalty, they, Arsenal decided to flash up adverts. So the screen goes blank. And they yeah. happened virtually on every goal that Palace scored. And it was like, what? What are you doing? You've it just was played weird. It. it really weird. It's like we're watching As soon as you game. give the penalty, that's when they cut to a commercial break. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a computer doing it, but it, as you say, it's one of many things at the club that makes me think, oh, you can't even do this. You can't even show the game on the screen in a bar. You can't even just get the remote and put Sky on. It's like when you go in a pub and you say, can you change the channel for the football? And someone has to go and get someone and they can't find the remote. And the manager's had it on Babe Station and he can't get it off. 
they can't even show the game. But there you go. We did eventually, yeah, Palace beat Tottenham 3-0, wasn't it? Great. Yeah. That set us in a good mood, actually, didn't it? Because we really did feel that it could go horribly wrong against Norwich. And then they soaked up our attacking play in the first 20 minutes. And then they started to get on the ball and come forward. And we were thinking, oh, no, this is going wrong. You remember that bloke who shouted out years ago, Cole, you Kentish Town Pikey? Remember that one? Time to time, somebody's always loved that. <laughs> he shouted that at Joe Cole. He piped up yesterday um, towards Arteta. Stop talking to him, you prick! <laughs> <laughs> he, he was, was right. just really made us laugh so much. He does not shut up for the whole game. There is no picture before him on the pitch that he doesn't want to alter. There is no player. There's always someone in the wrong place. There's always someone to point at. He's always got his legs apart, squatting down, putting pressure on those trousers that are very, very tight. He's always just out of his technical area, virtually on the touchline, getting in the way of people taking throw-ins. He just needs to sit down and shut up. He's like a matador, isn't he? If he had a cape... <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. If just... they dressed him like a matador and gave him a cape, that would be good fun. And he would, if we, given all his movements, he would look exactly like a matador. And it'd be hilarious, wouldn't it? Yeah, and give Lukaku some horns or Traore or one of those really massive blokes. Game on. <laughs> Oh, it's, oh, it's, stop talking to me, you prick! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we have, and then there's the assistant thing. It's, it's the, as you said yesterday, Alan. Oh, we've got a corner, so uh, it's like the assistant for corners comes down. The set piece coach gets up. Yeah, it's hilarious to watch this little bloke with a beard gets up. It was, it, it, whether it's for or against us, a, a dead ball, a restart. If there's a restart. <laughs> Around the you know in the final third, he gets up and takes his position, and then Arteta backs off. I will allow you to tell them that they're all in the wrong place. And but we didn't concede any goals yesterday. Somehow uh, <laughs> Ramsdale played in goal, and we uh, we liked the cut of his jib, didn't we? Mm, very much so. I mean, he didn't have much to do, in fairness, but his distribution was good, and he looked solid. And looked I'm good. very I quite like the way he was. Talking to the defenders, yes. and he looks quite. There's a bit more about him vocally, and, and he than, wasn't afraid to kick Burn. it out when necessary. He didn't do that thing. He's oh, let's play with the ball in the six-yard box. He did do a little bit of a shuffle, didn't he? A skippity dip was a bit worrying. When <laughs> it's he... a bit of a Cruyff turn, wasn't there? Yeah, in at nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how is it, Tori Mashu? Is it Tommy Mashu? The... <laughs> Tenko. Uh, Tenko. <laughs> <laughs> Anzai boy, he he was good. Let's just call him Tenko, okay? So you never have to try that one again. <laughs> what did you call him, Tori Hashu? A friend of mine, his wife's Japanese. I'm going to learn his name. I'll learn his name. I promise. Just go phonetically. Look, I'm going to tweet. I'm going to take you through it. <laughs> what number is it? Eighteen. It's yeah. Tom. Tom. E. E. Yas. Ah. Ooh. Tommy Yashu. No, no H in it. No, oh, Tommy Ashen. Tommy Ashen. Tom E. Yas. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. Tommy Yas. Who? Tommy Yasu. Tommy Yasu. Tommy Yasu. Oh, I think he's got it. Also known as Tenko. Tenko. But he was he was good. I was impressed with him. I mean, if that had gone in, that would have been a great start. His volley. That volley. 
That yeah, wasn't he, too he shabby, got that was under he? the bar, didn't he? Yeah. The most impressive thing about him that's really amazing, and I haven't seen a player like it really since Santi Cazorla, is you just can't tell which is his stronger foot. He's mm. absolutely equally strong on right or left. That's really amazing. It's so so rare to see it. But he is completely ambidextrous. But to come speaks. in first game looking solid like that, that's, that bodes well. Well, it was a big call to pick him, really, wasn't it? Because he was off on the other side of the world playing international football and he didn't last the game. And he got subbed. And when he got subbed, he walked off at the clock end. And as he walked round very slowly from the clock end all the way round, he got a standing ovation, the massive standing ovation all the way round. What do you say about Arsenal fans? They really want the new boys to do well. There's a real, you know, oh, you're one of us now. I, I think the vibe in the stadium was very good. And even, you know, the fans were taking the piss a little bit when we'd scored. We're, they were singing, we're staying up. We're staying so there was up. a good bit we're of gallows humour going. We're staying up. <laughs> we're staying up. We're staying up. It really was funny. It I mean, really was. There's no good will towards the management. Here, you know? It would have gone <laughs> toxic. Yeah, did it feel like things could turn? Was it? Was it? Was there a, at half-time, was, there a, was it pretty supportive? I didn't think um, it was yes, going to be directed was. towards the team. Mm. I think it would have been directed towards Arteta. I, I think the fans were behind the team. There's a lot of young players there, and I think the fans were like, no, this is not the player's problem now. It's the manager, mm. and Harry decides to play the game and who he picks. Yeah, but the truth is, like us, you know, the fact that we just love Arsenal, mm. you know, and the club will be here uh, long after these clowns have gone. Uh, it's yesterday's on match of the day, Arteta. We've won a game, we've got a win. He needs to say, Phew, we got a win, and I'm delighted for everyone here. It's been mm. difficult. It's a scrappy old goal, and we got a win, and and uh, the players are delighted, and I'm delighted. You know, mm. he doesn't need to say the last 14 days has been the best 14 days of my football career. <laughs> What's that all about? What are you? You you are, you sound mad. Actually, certified. <laughs> What are you talking about? What about when you won the treble at Man City as a coach? What about when you were captain of an FA Cup winning side? What I mean, what are you talking about? Are you trying to tell people outside that inside, where you're the boss, is the greatest working environment that's ever been created at a football club? Mm. Because no one believes you, mate. You sound mad. Mm. Okay, there you are. You need a badge on your shirt. Instead of saying M-A, it should say M-A-D. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're getting back to all the assistants we've got. I mean, we won the league with George Graham, Theo Foley, Arsene Wenger, and Gary Lune. Price, and Gary Lune. What, three people? You know, uh, <laughs> now we've got like 21 blokes. I, was, I like you. I got there early um, and uh, thinking there was, because we had been told at the Chelsea game that there, you'd have to show a COVID passport in the next match. And then you get there. Yeah. I'm not blaming the club for this. This is obviously, like everyone else in the country, they're left in a constant state of confusion by the government who like to leak what policies they might implement. <laughs> so yeah. what they, they think, we might do this. Let's leak that and create further confusion. And then, and then we can never be in the wrong if everyone thinks a hundred things of us. We're never wrong, are we? No one knows what we're doing. So we can't be in the wrong. We can't be criticised because they can't pin us down. So they th we thought that, and actually, you just walk in. Mm. So we were an hour early, so we watched all the warm-up. I took two of my kids. The younger one, whose birthday treat was going to be, didn't feel well, didn't want to come. 
Yeah, he... <laughs> just going to have to get him an England shirt with Grealish on the back because I just can't persuade him that Arsenal are anything other than shit. Yeah, but as soon anyway. as you went out the door, he went, oh, that's it, great. I've got out of that game. <laughs> yes. Rubbed his ears. Happy yes. days. Exactly that. <laughs> so we're watching, the, but the other two, uh, especially my daughter, loves Arsenal. So we're sitting there, we're watching that, and there's uh, all the squad are out warming up. There's five staff on the touchline just chatting. There's one working the keeper. There's two more in the middle of the half who don't really look like they know quite where to stand. Should we be on the touchline? Should we? And then the first team squad are doing some drills, passing the ball around between them, and there are five people in red T-shirts watching them with their hands behind their back. So at one point, we had 13 staff on the pitch. Norwich had three. I was saying, Keith, this is like when you go past the roadworks and there's 12 <laughs> blokes in high-vis vests. 11 of them are standing looking at the one bloke who's driving the digger. That is, uh, that is a scene that we're all familiar with. Two of them are on their phones. I mean, you know, the, the workmen, I mean, not the, the coaches did have the sense not to have their phones out. I mean, that, that must be a rule. Don't be on your phone. Yeah. But there were five of them, literally five of them. And this doesn't include old Mad and his and his two groovy assistants, they're indoors. They have a chatting about God knows what. I mean, I don't know what they do. You think you could at least employ them as ball boys? I mean... What's... How can you have that many voices in the dressing room? How can you have that many people around? Yeah. It, must, <laughs> it must be confusing for the players. Just that sheer volume of staff. What... And the little set-piece bloke kept bobbing up. I mean, he really did look like a waiter. And he, at the end of the game, he went round all the Norwich technical staff in their technical area, fist bumping them, and they're all looking at him, who are you, mate? We don't know, why have you come all the way over here to talk to us? We have no idea who you are. And we suspect that the Arsenal players have no idea who you are either, because you just, you just put on a tracksuit and stand in the box. I mean, do you get the impression it's probably like some kind of Monty Python sketch? You've got all the assistants down at London Coney all gathered round and they're going, there's something missing, what have we forgot? Ah, the team. Where's the players? <laughs> oh, 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 hang on. It's the ball. Somebody forgot to bring, bring the ball. Go and get the ball. <laughs> just... Yeah, really. It's one of them must be just bibs and cones. But I mean, I think they're doing, you know, as you say, they're doing the job that used to be done by Pat Rice and a physio. And uh, now there's all these. But I suppose that's the way it's gone. Coaches that number the team. Did you see the highlights, Ollie? Did you did you manage to get match of the day? I uh, had to drop my children off at a birthday party, and then I got in just as the halftime whistle blew, so I missed the whole first half. But I watched the second half. I thought it was good. I mean, Nor- Norwich were quite um, quite compact, weren't they? They were. They yeah. It was. It was kind of like that. But I mean, the, all I really noticed from from watching it was you could really see when P- Thomas Partey came on and mm. Emil Emil Smith Rowe came on, things like really improved. That was like the real kind of catalyst, and and um, but I thought yeah, looked good. The defense looked really solid. Gabriel and and um, and um, White looked good, didn't they? Yes, Gabriel is immense, isn't he? Uh, I mean, he's so strong, and he didn't appear to be. He's has appeared in the past a little bit jittery, and you know, not fully composed, and not got the uh, Virgil Van Dyke cruise control appearance. You know, the super unruffled. But that just comes with experience and time, doesn't it? But um, yeah, and White's in there with him, and 
Tomiyasu and uh, Tierney Steady. I thought it's, it, he just wants to pick all his new toys, doesn't he, mm. Arteta? I'll pick my new goalie, I'll pick my new right back, I'll pick my new centre back, I'll pick my new midfield. I've got all my new ones. And mm. uh, he started in centre mid with Samuel Conga and the Conservative. Mm. And we were just saying, Keith and I were just saying, they look, you know, they look good together, those two. They're playing well, having a good game. And uh, <laughs> and he took one of them off and <laughs> moved the, the other one to right back. So, <laughs> but as as you say, uh, Thomas Partey just slightly shifts a gear, doesn't he? Mm. He's just got a little bit more. He can make a decision more quickly. His range of passings more. Well, the ball to Saka, I mean, it, you know, it led to the goal. I mean, it was, it was a beautiful pass. I think Pepe had a, a very good game. I mean, it's a... Sh- you know, it hit the post. It's a shame it didn't go in. And, uh, you know, he, he put in a good shift, Pepe. So, yeah, he did. They get the ball to him a lot. They started off with Erdegaard and Saka sort of quite, quite narrow, just behind Aubameyang. And so Saka's positioned a bit infield. And then they're two behind, Lukonga and Maitland Niles. And then the fullback's very wide up the pitch. I thought, I'm looking at it thinking, is this a new, another new thing? Is this game four? <laughs> Formation number four. So Saka, therefore, was kind of playing... It was almost like we had two number tens. So Saka, therefore, was coming short with a defender in his back. And three times in the first half, he came short and just got whacked. Absolutely crashed into by a tough Norwich defender on the deck. I thought, you, this is not the best way to deploy Bakaya Saka. You need to get the ball to his feet facing the goal. Why is he playing with his back to goal getting kicked in the arse? He's, he's, he's just going to get injured. Mm. Uh, so second half, guess what? He completely changes it again. <laughs> and they pull, he pulls Saka right onto the left touchline as a winger. And they're able to get the ball to him facing the Norwich goal more often. And off he went. He started showing what he can do. What a great, what a great player he is. Lodegaard was super busy, wasn't he? Really. Yeah. He, well, yeah. This is what you... we hope for, though, next week. Is he going to play the same team? Is he going to play the same system? I mean, hopefully the weather won't. It won't be horrible and grim up north at Burnley. So that's 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 going to be a tough game. But if we can get any kind of result up there, that will do our confidence a lot of good. But if we get battered again. I don't know what one. I don't honestly don't know what he'll do because yeah. the Maitland Niles Lukonga thing was working quite nicely, but we weren't really creating. Erdegaard then was up with Saka further forward, but then he moved them out. He took Lukonga off, put Maitland Niles at right back. And then he put Erdegaard and Partey as a central pair with Smith Rowe at number ten. That's very attacking. Mm. These are all guys who want to get forward and can deploy all kinds of clever passes. So that's how he really went and got the win in the end. But you can't, I don't suppose he'll do that. But who knows what he'll do? Mm. I've no idea what he's going to do from one week to the to the next. Let's hope this is the next seven days is the best seven days of his football career. <laughs> the next yeah. best seven days of his life. <laughs> if we had lost that game, if we had gone one nil down and, mm. uh, and yeah. Norwich had a couple of moments, you would have heard that Vieira song all second half. I think. I mm. think there was a real. The, the fact that he has just smashed Tottenham to pieces <laughs> at Sellers Park, and I don't know if they're ever going to pick up the Vieira song. I don't suppose they will. It's not theirs, is it? They'll just stick with Glad all over and bang a drum and put <laughs> all the black T-shirt boys. Um, and it is fantastic down at Sellers Park. It's a great atmosphere, and it was rocking yesterday, and we were all supporting them wholeheartedly. <laughs> and, uh, Very much But so. um, if he starts to do well down there, if he puts a run of wins together and they're up the table and we're still bottom six... Yeah, 
Arsenal fans everywhere are going to say, well, how's this happened? Do you know, because yeah. there's nothing we want more, is there, than a club legend to come and take you to glory? Well, what's the guy? The guy who got the two goals, uh, he, he came on. They got him from Celtic. Edward. Edward, Edward I mean, striker. you see yeah. the goals. Well, the reason they signed him was because oh. we asked for 20 million quid for Eddie and Ketia, and they offered 10. And we said, no, his contract's up at the end of the season. You haven't picked him for six months. You're obviously not going to pick him. Mm. How do you value him at 20 million quid? Yeah. His value isn't 20 million quid. You can say it is. Yeah. But because you're not playing him and he hasn't had a run of games and he hasn't been able to show what he can do, his value's gone down and he's got a year left. And everyone knows that. So they can wait till January mm. when it's your last chance to get anything and offer you 10 then. And if you don't take it then, you'll go at the end of the season and you're just going to waste a year of the kid's life. Yeah. He's a terrific kid, Eddie Nketiah. He works his socks off. The amount of times you've seen him close down centre-halves or force mistakes from goalkeepers, makes goals for himself. He's got a terrific attitude. He's a really good finisher. Let him go and play. But anyway, they didn't let him go. They didn't sell him. They had the offer for him. They didn't take it. They had the offer for Xhaka and they didn't take it. So... He's at the club now. So that, anyway, they ended up going up and getting this guy from Celtic who scored pots of goals up there. And he scored two in the last well, one. Uh, he scored after 28 seconds coming on. Well, I tell you, I know. And they were good goals as well. And, he, you know, for a big fella, he's very nimble on his feet. I mean, it was lovely little touches he had there. So Yeah, stuck him in the net. And it was good to see a Tottenham player get sent off as well. So... Uh... <laughs> Always you up. You get these players, don't you? I wonder if that's the first time Takanga, or whatever he's called, has come up against Zaha. Because we saw it years ago when we had Guendouzi playing. And Guendouzi was gobby, you know, he's mouthy, he gets involved with opponents, he gets involved with the ref, he dives. It's always, he's very kind of centre of attention type of player. Isn't it? it's, a, it's the Guendouzi show when he's playing. Loads and loads yeah. and loads of talent and athleticism. Anyway, he got into a thing with Zaha, gave him a mouthful, and perhaps he thought that would be the end of that. Zaha lost it with him. And then, I shit you not, he just talked to Guedouzi for the rest of the match. He just Every time he went near him, he shouted something else at him. <laughs> he can't. <laughs> and it seems like Zaha can't play unless he's fixated on an opponent and furious. <laughs> and this guy, this Tottenham player, so he sort of whacked him, didn't he? Shoved him oh, over with his hands right in, in his face. face. He could have got sent off for that, actually. He should have been. Mm. And that, I tell you, what do you think is going to happen? You know who this is. Don't get involved with him. He is mental. He's going to be <laughs> at you now. But anyway, he didn't have to, did he? Because then he made a crazy tackle and got himself sent off, which was wonderful. <laughs> oh, I'm looking at the programme while I remember it. Arsenal under 23 smashed Man United yesterday and Balogun scored twice. So, mm. yes. Um, he is re- <clears throat> recuperating from the horror of being given his debut at, but, uh, <laughs> at Brentford. <laughs> yeah. And then being forever dropped. <laughs> God, Arteta's master plan of man management, uh, but he's yeah. Do you, do you think yeah, we could write people. to the FA and ask them to extend uh, Granite Xhaka's ban? You know, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. I, I really think that was an awful tack. I think a six week or possibly even nine week yeah, ban, would, a full season ban, know, crowdfunding. You know, it <laughs> felt like such a new team yesterday, didn't it? It really did feel as though. This feels like he's junked here. He's got rid- he won't pick Chambers and he won't pick Holding now. Mm. He's got all his new ones he likes. <laughs> Pablo Mari's gone at the back of the queue. There's only really Kieran Tierney's hanging on at left back. And apart from him, you're looking around. Pepe still picks him every week. Mm. Aubameyang, obviously. Mm. 
and Saka. And they're basically, they're the four, aren't they? Tierney, Saka, Aubameyang and Pepe. He picks Pepe all the time. He loves Erdegaard. Mm. And then everyone else, he, like, he just wants to put his ones in, doesn't he? And play them. It would be, I think it would be good to see that same team up at Burnley and then whatever. Is it Tottenham after that? Yes. Oh, that's yeah. a big one, isn't it? It is. Oh. Well, we all know the big one is the League Cup tie because that is our route into Europe. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that, we always see a very strong team at the Emirates against AFC Wimbledon. Uh, but, but winning the League Cup, does it still get you into Europe? I don't know. I don't know, actually. I think it's the I'm conference. I'm sure it gets you somewhere. I think one it's the conference One of the freeloaders will be in touch. And... Yeah. I don't know. I think you still get in, don't you, from that? I think it, oh, you go into the Europa Conference League? I think it's the Europa Conference League you go into. I'll take, I'll take that. Which, could, you know, the final could be anywhere. You know, Antarctica, 20,000 leagues under the sea. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, know, you know what? You, you would think for a new competition, wouldn't you? They'd go, let's wait, let's see what teams are in the quarterfinals and then we'll pick a venue. Because it's going to be two decent teams. It'll probably be Roma and Frankfurt or whatever. Don't have it in Albania. Well, for Christ's <laughs> sake. You know, I mean, what's, what's wrong with Albania? Oh, I'm sure Albania's a reason. You'd love Albania. Really? Do you know why? Because you do a very good Norman wisdom. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> 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 you just pull your jacket down. Oh. Mr. Grimsdale! Mr. Grimsdale! Mr. Grimsdale! <laughs> they come out, they open their shutters and look out. <laughs> Norman? Norman? I thought he was dead. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just it's sh- a lovely spot, you know. It's down there on the Adriatic Magic. coast. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. Oh, hello. Yeah, no, I'm telling Does it have you, an no, airport? Tehran, huh? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's got an airport. Well, yeah. <laughs> an airport. well, they didn't consider that for Baku, did they? You know, <laughs> Baku could only take eight planes, wasn't it? Just, just a very, 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 very long way away, not actually in Europe. Yeah. That's the trouble with Baku. I hear Kabul's could be the next Champions League final. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, dear. God. I wrote this down yesterday. Do you remember, did you ever get Scorcher and Score? Yes, I remember. Yeah, them. or Tiger was it in Tiger? Tiger, uh, and uh, or maybe it was in Roy the Rovers comic. <laughs> I think it was in Roy the Rovers. Uh, it was a strip called Tommy's Troubles. Do you remember it? Oh. Tommy, Tommy was a kid, and uh, he was a really good at football. And they didn't have a local team, and he thought, "I'm just going to start my own team." <laughs> And then they they got some goalposts and they found a field, but it had cow pats in it and an old shopping cart and stuff. And him and his mate, I can't remember his mate's name, they cleared it up and they mowed it. And they painted lines on. They got some goalposts and they were painting the goalposts. And they tied it up a little hut and made it a changing room. And then Stan Crosby their, <laughs> their own club. And I, when I hear Arteta and Edu talking now... Honestly, it's as if they think they're in Tommy's troubles. It's, they really are behaving. It's not like Arsenal have got state-of-the-art uh, training facilities, cryo chambers coming out the house, <laughs> one of the best stadiums in world football, £150 million spent on the squad. You know, they're in a position of extreme wealth and privilege in football terms, and they talk as if it's Tommy's troubles, as if until they turned up, yeah. the goalposts were falling out and they were rusty, there were holes in the nets, <laughs> weeds in the goal mouth. Rats in the Arsenal dressing was a room. mess. Before us, <laughs> the mess we inherited. And you look at what the hell are you going on about? Why do you have to paint yourselves in this light as saviours doing a nearly impossible task? 
I'll tell you the other day, this has been the toughest two weeks in the history of Arsenal Football Club. Well, you don't know anything about the history of Arsenal Football Club then, do you? What are you all talking about? I can't stand it. I just can't stand this sort of humble bragging all the time. Yeah, but he's one of the ones who's made it the toughest period. <laughs> yeah, since the appointment of you, it really has been for the fans. <laughs> Things were going quite quite well till you came along. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, the stuff is saying in the programme notes. Oh, yeah. We, we... Overall, I'm really proud of how the recruitment process has been done throughout the club, starting with the support of the ownership in enabling us to implement the strategy and also the planning and execution by every member. Is that, pra- is that Pravda? Pravda. It's been a really Pravda. powerful team effort. It's like Pravda. I used to be voice of Arsenal. We're delighted to welcome you today to the Arsenal. The chaps in blue will give us a tough game, I'm sure. Let's hope we prevail. We looked at the squad at the end of last season, identified what we needed and have managed to add a lot of pieces. We are in a much healthier position. I can see the unity in the team. We have to build a lot of leadership, and on and on and on it goes. I mean, that's absolute nonsense, isn't it? <laughs> you took a look. At, you took a look at the team last last at the end of last season. You would have like literally. It would have been the Fiesta game, wouldn't it? And yeah, all the yeah. all the yeah. Yeah, he doesn't mention yeah, we've still got Kalashnikov. He's still wandering around. Still got granite. Still granite. Still Kalashnikov. We've come out of the transfer window with a much stronger squad than we had last year. I'm pleased with the way it went. Obviously, the profile we have recruited is under 23, 23 years old, but also with very specific qualities. We are in a better place, and on and on and on he goes. How, how, how long do you think? Things. I mean, it's you know going on about the age of the team. It's 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 this whole. You know, I don't know when like this expression, the process, became like a thing. Like it's, it's sort of the, the the next Wenger out kind of statement, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, you can't just keep saying, "Oh, yeah, we bought this all these young players." I mean, how long do you think the patience is going to last? I mean, I guess you know we all want we all want the team to win, and it sounded you know a lot, as you say, a lot of those players looked really good yesterday. But yeah, is this is this like sustainable? Bottom with no goals. It's the worst we've ever, ever been in the history of the club. And and so there was a feeling yesterday that a defeat against Norwich would be so close to the exit door. Mm. And, there's, and I think a lot of the fans would, would, would quite have taken a defeat against Norwich, not really wanting that to happen. Mm. But the feeling that this is not going to carry on, is it? It's going to eventually... No one can really foresee us being transformed and heading up to the top six, which is what he inherited, whatever he mm. says. You know, he, there was, he inherited a club with the potential to go top six, top four. Mm. And in fact, they've gone the other way. Mm. And I was having this conversation with some friends and we, we, we were saying, do we want to win against Norwich? And then is it possible we'll just have mid-table mediocrity that this, this slow lingering thing will just continue? Or shall we take a defeat against Norwich and Arteta mm. goes? I mean, I want to actually, I, I wanted to win and I, I want to see Arteta succeed. I, I, I want to see, I want to see a 22 unbeaten run. Suddenly I'd be great, but I, I, I just don't, I'm not 100% behind it. I mean, you're, exa- and you're exactly right, Oliver. The feeling is that to keep talking about we're building a medium to long-term strategy, it's a process, is really trying to buy yourself yeah, some time. time. As if you're trying to say, expect nothing until 2023 at the earliest, 2023-24 season, we might be able to make sixth place. I mean, that isn't how football works. Mm. But also, 
<clears throat> you not you can't fool us because we have seen good managers come. Yeah. When George Graham came, they talked the back four talk about oh god the amount of training sessions we did on and on about the back four the back four. But actually, his impact was immediate. As soon as he arrived, he put one or two players in like Adams. He shifted out one or two who weren't doing it. Put together a side, and we went as Keith says: twenty-two match unbeaten run, won the league cup, finished fourth in his mm. first season with a very young team. His impact was immediate. Mm. When Arsene Wenger turned up, his impact was immediate. Mm. It took us higher up the table straight away. It took us up to third, where we hadn't been for sixteen years or something. And then, in his first full season with a proper pre-season, he introduced Petit and Overmars, and we went and won the double. Mm. His impact was. Immediate, as soon as he turned up, Tuchel at Chelsea, immediate impact of a top, top manager. And interestingly, Tuchel the other day was saying, I call him Tuchel, I don't actually know how you say it. <laughs> I think it's fine. I don't know how you say it. But anyway, he said he, he likes just being the coach. He doesn't. He likes not having to think about who shall I sell, who shall I buy, who's out, who's available, can I get him, what deal do I have to do, if I want him, do I have to sell him? Mm. He does. He said, "I don't want to." What I do now is I work with the first team squad, and I coach them, and I we organise them, and we plan, and and I love it. Mm. I love doing it, and the other people do all that stuff. Mm. And I can say to them, my, my, "My right back's having a terrible time. We desperately need one," but I don't have to think about it. Mm. I can think about the, and I I find it fascinating that Arteta wanted to be the manager and he was now sort of on a level with Edu and he wants total control mm. of the place and then he can go around telling everyone that this is the greatest working environment in the world and it feels delusional and it feels like he's taken on too much, really. Well, it, it's strange because, he, you know, when he got the job, he did have success, he won the cup, but it was like he kept things simple and then when he gets his first opportunity now, you know, a full season, then he starts chopping and changing everything. And it's like he's almost forgotten. You know, when he first took over, he made a few changes, but he kept kept things nice and simple. And we went on to win the FA Cup. And we we got a win against City in the semi-final and Chelsea in the final. So it was like, why didn't you just keep to that plan? Now, mm. now it's like, oh, you, you're emboldened by the job. You're the national manager. Now it's feel free to do... Keep changing it week in, week out. It's, it's a very strange thing. Whereas, you it's know, people like Klopp and Brendan the... Rodgers, they come in, they've had immediate success. Yeah, they change the culture completely. But I don't know. You know, I, I honestly don't. I think it's one of the, it's one of those things, isn't it? Where it's almost like you're you're in a you're in a bad relationship or you're in a relationship, you know it's going nowhere and and you know, then so something will happen and you'll be oh, we had a nice night out and you know, <laughs> mentioning no names. But you know she's not the one. But you know he or, 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 she's... or you know that you're not her one. Or you have and... someone like, mentioning no names, Keith Dover, saying, oh, I like her. She's posh. Oh, now I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, even that, and then, or, or, then you have a, then you have a, 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 drive, a, a drive back from the sportsman. Alan and his wife <laughs> shut up, shut up. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but you know it is it's like are you gonna is, is it about are we gonna have to tread water for for another year and then get rid of him and then it's we've all just wasted all the time all those players like Nketiah and 
you know, they've had another season. It's all it's all just sort of happened. I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's bizarre. I'm mean, talking about Tuchel. I mean, do you remember when it's and I don't know if this is if this is just like a cultural thing, but do you remember when Avran Grant, like, didn't he Chelsea like got to the Champions League final and mm. didn't quite win the premiership on the last day? Mm. And Bramovich sacked him, even though mm. he was his really good mate. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, you think you're out. Yeah, you, you, you know, I know. Right, I suppose rising the greasy pole of post Yeltsin Soviet yeah. Union makes you probably makes you quite tough. Yeah, but totally tougher than just marrying a Walmart heiress and, and you know, <laughs> you, you would living on your ranch. But it's, it's yeah. I mean, but uh, really the Arsenal imagine. job is now because they've, they've given it to this inexperienced person who is failing miserably, who has us in the bottom six, but they allow him to continue his process apparently indefinitely, though I really don't think, surely can't go beyond the end of this season if we're down in eighth again. The club has to be higher than that. It does. The value of the position is gone. Mm. The, the position of Chelsea head coach is one of the top jobs in world football. And that only, you know, Lampard, it felt like was a romantic thing to do. He was the club legend and they, he'd done a bit of managing, but not really that well. But they wanted him to have it, and they wanted it to work. When it didn't work, boom, gone. And but other than that, they just go and get the best person they can, they can find, yeah. find, didn't they? Whether it's Scolari or well, hitting, you would trust the process, wouldn't you? If they didn't carry on making these little mistakes, it's like as you say, we've kept Granite Shaka. Why well, give him a four-year contract? Eddie, his his contract is running down. So it's saying. We're trusting the process. We're getting things right now. But you go, hang on, we've still got some rubbish and you're still making mistakes. So how can we trust you 100%? Oh, you, the, all the you hear all around us is when you talk about Arsenal, it's people saying, oh, imagine if we got two. You know, imagine if we got a top manager. Imagine if we got, you know. Um, anyway, look, there he is. Here we are. Uh, I'm looking at uh, fixtures, results, and lineups, and uh, and they always put in the program very helpfully the position, uh, the the uh, league position uh, at the end of the fixture, and it reads twenty twenty twenty. So <laughs> that has never happened in in all of the years I've been behind the Arsenal program. Uh, it will now say I think sixteen. We play Burnley away, Tottenham at home, Brighton away. That will be very difficult. Uh, Potter's doing great things. Then Vieira comes. Oh, and tragically, mm. tragically, it's on a bloody Monday night. And, and oh. then after that, we play Monday the 18th of October at home to Paris and then Friday the 22nd at home to Villa. And if we have lost, and it's conceivable to Burnley, Tottenham and Brighton, there'll be no one in the ground for those games. Mm. I mean, who wants to come on a Monday night and a Friday night anyway? But a Monday night and a Friday night in the same week... So what? It's like the Monday and then the Friday of the same yeah. week. Yeah. Oh, that's stupid, yeah. isn't it? At, at the Emirates. So we got two home games, and neither of them on the weekend. Mm. And it was, I know it's a cliche, and we sound like silly old men, which is exactly what we are. Yes. But it's nice to have a Saturday at three, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It really yeah. is. Yeah. And, and you know, but there no, we are. I know we keep coming around it, but if it was worst case scenario, I mean, this Norwich has bought him a, a bit of time. But if things go pear shaped again, who do you get in? I mean, I think if you got Eddie out, it's oh, like no, for life. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not go there. Let's be positive. Let's Come on. Oh, yeah. We did that last yeah, week. Yeah, we, we can't. Round. We can't play the David Moore's game every no. week. Stop talking to me, you prick. Here's an email that you might like from Priyank Patel. Apologies if I don't know how to say Priyank, but I don't. So I've just had a go. 
Hi everyone, long time listener, first time emailer. Many years ago, one of my first jobs was being a delivery driver for a local Chinese restaurant in a small village in leafy Hertfordshire. It was quite popular, mainly because there weren't many to choose from. On a Saturday evening, I would be very busy handing a lot of orders. In leafy Hertfordshire, the village was home to a lot of wealthy people, including Tottenham Hotspur footballers. Mm. (laughs) On one particular busy Saturday, I picked up a big group of orders, which was for Ledley King. Yeah, you thought it was going to be a Sheringham story, didn't you? But it's not. We've got a new new line of correspondence has opened up. (laughs) It's the Ledley King story. Uh, I I had to deliver... Um, his, his is in the next town. I was already in a rush. I pulled up to the gates of his flash mansion with a customary blacked-out ranger over in the front. I buzzed the ringer on the gates, uh, noticing that all the lights were off. After several rings, there was no sign of movement. I called his mobile a few times. I waited around for five minutes. But gradually, I gave him one last call before going to my next delivery. And to my surprise, Ledley picked up. He sounded a bit flustered, but said he would be there shortly to pick up his food. A full 15 minutes went by, with no, no lights coming on or any sign that Ledley would open the door. There were four other orders in the back getting cold, and I wasn't sure whether to leave or not. Suddenly all the lights started to come on, and I could see him walking leisurely down the stairs. The gates opened, and I got to the door, and there he was, towering over me in a dressing gown. <laughs> I gave him his food. He didn't acknowledge the fact that he had kept me waiting for so long, and he counted out the cash to pay the bill. Now... I didn't expect a tip from customers, but it was quite commonplace for most of them to leave one, which helped top up my low wages. Ledley was about to let me go with no tip when he had a change of heart and asked me to hang on a sec, and he walked back down the hallway to grab a tip. When he returned, he pressed a solitary gold coin into my hand. (laughs) I headed off to some quite annoyed customers who received cold food. (laughs) Safe to say I didn't get any tips from them. When I got back to the restaurant, I was sorting the money out with the manager and separating out the tips. And when I looked a bit more closely at the coin that Ledley had given me, it was a one euro coin. <laughs> what a manky <laughs> Or as he calls him, the multi-millionaire defender, that is Ledley King, had given me one euro. I was livid. It was not even enough to convert. <laughs> <laughs> The next time I saw him, he was actually dining in with a rather attractive lady. The thought did cross my mind of giving him his euro back. <laughs> it, was sti- it was still in the car. Uh, thank you. I like that. Yeah. Uh, all stories about Tottenham players being knobs are very welcome. True or not. <laughs> if you want to make him up as long as he sounds good well no, no I don't want to encourage you no. because I've had one no, or two emails which have been made which, yeah. which I've read quite a lot of pretty bad prose yeah. and then they end up saying and Teddy and I shagged all night and ended up living happily ever after you know. <laughs> that's quite good and I actually don't want to receive those <laughs> I mean, all right, I'm going to read you one out. (laughs) Uh, This is so confusing. This is from Anthony Sheehan. I recently tried to send through a story on one Edward Sheringham to your good selves. See all the unnecessary words? Just edit before you send, please. (laughs) I was quite proud of the story and felt it was quite entertaining. Just drop the two quites. Mm -hmm. To my dismay, I found my story was never read out. It may be the case was because my story may not have been entirely truthful. 
Perhaps the Tuesday Club are on to me. Perhaps they've seen through my cunning plan. I also worried that I had been rumbled, that my story... And on and on and on he goes. <laughs> and then on a recent podcast, I hear that the Tuesday Club does not check the veracity of the stories they read out. No, we don't. Check. Well, we do believe you that at least something happens <laughs> involving <laughs> Sheringham. Yeah, getting to the point. And we which... are aware that there may be another side to the story. But we're not interested in that side. We're only interested in the side of the story where someone met Sheringham and thought he was a massive see you next Tuesday. Or Ledley King. <laughs> I thought I'd write to you to share the story of my encounter some years ago with Mr Edward Sheringham. And on and on it goes like a Victorian novel. <laughs> my experience, like some of the others you have heard, also revolves around the sport of golf. I mean, that's too many words, mate. I've got a, I've got a golf one for you. That's all you need. <laughs> Shorten it up! <laughs> Some years ago, Mr S and I were competing in a golf tournament. Our paths had crossed previously through golf. And let's just say we never... No, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, he plays in this golf tournament. And then uh, Mr... He calls him Mr S, Sheringham. Uh, introduced himself. He was jolly nice, it turns out, and an excellent golfer. He, he was playing the following day. He had heard of me. I was flattered. Yeah, that's clearly excellent. made up. <laughs> <laughs> I was the eager to fit in newcomer in the in the game. Also, yeah, he's trying, I'm trying to edit it as I read it because <laughs> it really goes on. And everyone, they all seem familiar with one another, including Mr. S. And their repartee back and forth was amusing. <laughs> and put my nerves at ease. This is so bollocks, <laughs> Mr. S. addressed me by name and told me to meet him and his buddies out on the golf course an hour later. A, a little pre-tournament tradition, I think he described it as. I was thinking it would be cigars and some expensive whiskey and maybe a good luck tomorrow, chaps. I headed out of my room, because he's staying overnight at this place, uh, and at the time that he specified, onto the course. I can't remember the exact details, but the meeting point was on one of the greens. I got there a few <laughs> minutes early, and then right on the dot, at the time that he'd arranged to meet, the sprinklers came on. Uh, drench me from head to toe. I ran, of course, but golf course sprinklers are quite generous in their coverage. I looked around, expecting to see, hear people laughing at me, but there was no one there. Yeah. So Sheringham said to him, meet us out, we all go out for a little, you know, kind of thing, whatever, and then he went out to meet him and the sprinklers came on. So he doesn't know if it was a deliberate setup. <laughs> he doesn't know if Sheringham turned the sprinklers on himself or if he knew what time they came on, he, he doesn't... I don't know what to make of it. No, listen, Sheridan wouldn't even know how to operate a tap, let alone, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, suffice to say, he says at the bottom, I've hated him ever since. Oh, well... That's pretty thin, cruel. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, God. Thanks, Tony. Just... Thanks for the email, mate. And uh, well, I don't know... You see, the trouble is, I don't know if it's uh, if it's true... Or not. I'm going no. Um, it's definitely someone not. called ABD Benz ninety five. Um I don't know, it's not signed it. it. we were talking the other day about how Urzel didn't like the physio warm ups. And he and he's got a quote from Perlo. Remember him? The Italian midfielder with all the, Andrea Perlo, oh, yeah. wonderful midfielder. Yeah. I used to be what a player he was. 
He said in his autobiography, One part of my job I'll never learn to love is the pre-match warm-up. I hate it with every fibre of my being. It actually disgusts me. It's nothing but masturbation for conditioning coaches. (laughs) (laughs) It's their way of enjoying themselves at the expense of the players. (laughs) I think he summed it up, hasn't he? Really, yes. Reza Ozil will read that thing. I couldn't have put it better myself. I think that guy's going to be a manager one day. This. So, yeah, it was... Uh, thanks for that. Oh, I did you see... You know, I went to that Jewish wedding uh, relative of uh, Linda's. Yeah. Oh, I tell you, you always learn something new about the Jews, don't you? You always... Because uh, <laughs> this wedding thing, right, they... All the blokes... In fact, we have the title of the episode, No, no. <laughs> That much is clear. All, all the guys go into this room, right, yeah. and they have to sign the Kaduba. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So a rabbi comes in and Mm -hmm. they do, you know, rabbi stuff, you know, reading out in Hebrew. Uh, All the guys drink uh, some vintage uh, whiskey. But then this is the weird part. It all gets a bit Raiders of the Lost Art. They all start going, it's sudden bursts of, oi, 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 And I'm thinking, I've been down the Arsenal with most Jewish, when I've been with fellow Jewish fans and stuff like that, they're like, they're on a life support machine. They just sit there and moan, you know. And I think, yeah, how comes we've never heard them going, oi, 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 And this happens, you know, they do it's about... Arsenal at home, it's not a Jewish wedding. Well, yeah, they could bring it to the game, though, couldn't they? We wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> if they, if a, a Jewish supporter started going, oi, 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 we'd go, hang on, they're doing their Jewish wedding The only thing. time it ever happened, a little bit of that, do you remember when we had Yossi Ben Oyun? Oh, well, yeah. And we sat up, and we, it was a League Cup tie, yeah. and there were a load of young lads with yarmulkes on, and uh, they'd just come to see a son of Israel do his thing. And uh, and there was very there was a very uh, Jewish vibe in the upper upper west that day. They loved him and they and they created a bit of that yeah. atmosphere. But I mean, if that's what you want at the home game, Keith, well, uh, I, I, so uh, Jewish you. listeners, get yourselves together yeah. and let's have it. Hey, let's it, have it a bit good. of. Uh... It was good. I'm just thinking, come on, we could, you could do this. We've got enough Jewish supporters. Come and all gather down at one end and do a bit of I didn't join in. I had me amateur on. They just did it every time. They just did it every time the set piece coach. Yeah. Just to, get, yes. just to make him think, what is this? Every time I get up, there's about 500 blokes go, oi, 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 <laughs> And as soon as he sits down, just stop. And then when he gets up, he goes, oi, 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 oi. Oh, we should so do this. Oh, I really would love it. I mean, it would it would please me no end in the totally humourless environment of Mikel Arteta's management. If amongst the 13 conditioning coaches and set-piece coaches, there was a rabbi, just a rabbi. A rabbi. <laughs> I bet they do. I bet we have you know what we're missing here? A rabbi. We haven't got a rabbi. We've got everything. We've got the throwing coach, the corner coach, the heading coach, the kicking coach. <laughs> Yes, he could come on and go, I'm reminded of when Abraham went into the desert. Oh, <laughs> he took yeah. a free kick. I'm reminded today of Theo Foley. Yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, we could do it with other religions. You know, let's not just have the Jews. We could have the Catholic priests. Oh, Catholic priests there. We could have them. Yeah, and everybody does their their own kind of Buddhist thing. Where when one of the coaches goes, oh, oh, mm. little bit of Harry Krishna amongst oh, uh, ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> anything, anything will help. It could be great, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on, right in now. All your religious I saw a facts. Harry Krishna boat on the Thames the other day. Have you ever seen that? A Harry Krishna boat? Yeah. Really? No. No. I was having the pleasure of a very nice lunch with a friend at the Oxo Tower restaurant over on the terrace overlooking the Thames. Oh, I mean, nice. it's really it's one of the nicest things you can do. It in, is nice up there. In London town. And uh, then I heard Harry uh, Krishna. <laughs> you know yeah. that you normally, it's on Oxford Street, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're there in the robes. And they were all on a boat in the middle of the Thames with a PA. Really? Giving it the full Harry Christian down the river. <laughs> yeah, I was impressed. <laughs> so I went, oi, oi, oi! Oi, 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 Here's an email from Shane Turner. Uh, I met Teddy Sheringham at a restaurant once. We'd accidentally been given his table. The manager, completely embarrassed, comes and says, I'm so sorry. We'd like to move you if you could be troubled. We'll compensate you for the cost of the meal. My sister and my cousin were like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. And, cl- <laughs> and then out of nowhere, Teddy Sheringham shows up and says, these guys can finish. We'll be at the bar. I've got some time. And I, being a United fan, said, oh, wow, I had no idea. No, give them the table. And Teddy was grateful and shook my hand and said thanks. And he gave me a card with his number on it and told me to give him a call later. After working up the nerve, I gave him a call that night. Anyway, make a long story short, we had a glorious 11-month love affair, man on man, that I shall never forget. Our bodies intertwined as one, and from the beauty of Morocco to the French Riviera to snorkelling in the Galapagos, Teddy Sheringham and I made glorious gay love to each other on six of the seven continents. All the best, Shane. That almost had me then. That was brilliant. I was buying it. I was thinking, oh, that's yeah. fairly decent. You see? So thanks, Shane. And thanks, Tony. I mean, I took the piss out of Oh, that's a good one. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Any other business, gents? Oh, no, I think we've covered it all. Religious groups. I think we've covered it all. uh, (laughs) All right, then. I'll see you soon. (laughs) 